Barflies, I'm so excited for this week's episode. The theme for the month of December is elevating RT. Today's episode is on moving up in the ranks with Caleb Adams. Caleb will walk us through his recent experience in interviewing and ultimately, spoiler alert, getting the job. This was recorded live at AARC. I apologize in advance for the audio. It's RT Sidebar. Stay tuned. have to do it all on your own yeah. you don't have to try and be like a hero yeah. you know you can reach out to these people for their resources and their policies and what they've done and learn so much from them and i've been greatly benefited from that so all right caleb you're on the hot seat then right. uh it's time for our listeners to learn from you so i know you recently uh interviewed for a new position mm-hmm. can you talk to me about the interview process how did you prep how did you why, why first did you want to leave and the do week, that? I want to start off with the week before your interview. Yeah. What's going through your mind? How are you mentally preparing for this? Because this is your first leadership interview, mm-hmm. right? So you don't know the questions that they're going to ask because you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. How, do you, how did you prepare for that? Uh, I'll tell you, one of the things I did was kind of seek some counsel or some help. And thankfully, Matt, I mean, he was willing to kind of spend some time talking through with me. Um, and then somebody else also that had went through this process before because I started as an extern in the facility and then moved into staff and I never had an interview. It was just based on my clinical evaluations. They liked me, they threw me in as an extern and then I just moved into staff. So I never even had an interview before that. So I really didn't know what to expect. You know, that was kind of a lot. So having people to give you some counsel, some guidance, that was really, really helpful. Um, I. I think, uh, and to be honest, one of the things that I did, because I don't know if it's just me, I don't like reciting or trying to memorize and jot down word-for-word answers. Yeah. That feels kind of robotic and maybe inauthentic is how I think it can come across. I mean, you have to do that sometimes. That's okay. And when it came to what's your weakness, I had like a canned answer for that. So I'm not going to say <laughs> I didn't have any. What's your weakness? Yeah, what is the weakness? Well, I said it was my experience. Because I'm 32, but I've only been in RT for six years, count next turn. Okay. So everybody else that applied were significantly more experienced. Um, but that is a very good response because, you know, it's already on the table. Yep. It's not like, you know, I call in sick, you know, one Monday a month, right? That's that's yeah, a yeah, weakness yeah. that you can, don't want to talk about. But can the, I push you on that? Sure. Um, as a tip, with the weakness question, flip it to a strength. So, like, I don't have a lot of experience, but that's because I'm hungry and I'm mm. not burned down. I have so much energy to give. So you say, like, this is my weakness. I don't have a lot of experience, but mm-hmm. I have a whole network of people and the eagerness and hunger that's actually, like, a new life and energy and a way of thinking, if that makes sense. Again, as a marketer, I can kind of coach a little bit on branding, right, how you flip that answer. Sure. That's my tip. What do you think as a hiring My person? tip, um, Sorry, and then this is one that I use myself, is that when I'm in the hospital, I take on a lot of work, right? But is that a weakness or is it a strength, right? It's a weakness because you can get flooded, but it shows that you're hungry, you're gonna take on everything. You're not gonna shy away from work because especially in the leadership role, this is what I tell new leaders. When you come from bedside to management, when you're in bedside and you got worked hard, it's a hard shift. 
you go home physically tired. When you're in management, you're going to go home mentally tired because you're not physically doing work, you're mentally doing work. And the thing is, with physical work, you can go take a break and you're away from the physical work. You will never be able to shut off your brain and you're going, your brain's going to be working 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how I would phrase the, the, the two, but... No, oh, yeah, I always try and flip it to yeah. be positive. Yeah. And with that question, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a good response. What were the tips that your uh, colleagues, like that you reached out to your network, what were the advice, what are the nuggets that they gave you? How did they tell you to prepare? I think, um, and I applied for two roles, so maybe to help clarify, because the first one I applied for, so we had a kind of a chain of events where our director retired that left open that position. Our previous quality manager, you know, assist, uh, essentially like our assistant director, kind of stepped in that role, so that left that spot. And I was just ambitious, ambitious enough to think, I mean, I'll go for it. I want to make things happen. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? You, you get told no. no. Yeah. 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 So for that specifically, I mean, things specific to the role that will be big in um, succeeding. And so one of the big things was, and Matt had been in a previous role before, so he really pushed on, I mean, what are the QI projects? What are these specific things? What have you actually accomplished and been able to do? Uh, and a lot of that plays into, as I thought of this, the week before is important, you know, once you know there's going to be an interview, but what you do before you even know there's going to be an interview or there's even a job opening is crucial too. Because all the things I had done before is what let me gather that together and make this kind of little book that showed my different skills, how they applied to what this job description was, what I thought would it, it would take to be successful in that role. So I could kind of show projects I'd done or, or things that it's not just my strengths. You know, yeah. you can write anything, all the adjectives you want as your strengths on a resume, but to prove it and show it. Huh. Do you have a framework for doing that process? Because if not, I got some acronyms. Again, <laughs> military, so I got a lot of acronyms. Did you have a framework to help you? Uh, not particularly. I kind of just put a bunch of stuff out there and then organize and it. And yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I have one for the listeners. Okay, this is for the, for the fireflies out there. It's called the CAR or STAR method. And what you're, what you're describing is kind of like actually the storytelling framework, but a car is context, outcomes, results, or excuse me, actions, results. Uh, I'm mixing frameworks. Or star method is situation, task, actions, results. So you say, here's a situation, here's a task that I took, here's the actions that I took, and here's the results. And so whenever somebody says like, tell me about time you failed, or tell me about a time you started something new, or tell me about a time you took a position that you were unqualified for, whatever the question is, you can use that framework. But I like you did that naturally and organically. I'm just trying to give it a little nugget for someone else who's kind of trying to prepare. I like that framework, um, but just remember though, when you do results, the strongest results are the ones that are data yes. results, right? Yeah. But um, I, I, I do like that because as, as someone who hired probably 200 people plus now, um, if, if someone's going to want to move up into the role, it, I see it as an easier hire if they've already been going above and beyond, right? Yeah. Because if they haven't been going above and beyond, now I, I've known so many people or I've heard it so many times that oh, I just want to get into management because it's easy. Like they just sit in their office, they don't do anything, they get paid more, it's a cool job, right? 
so like they don't really respect the 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 role and so you know they'll just go and they've never stepped up in anywhere in the department and they just want to apply for a position versus the person like Caleb who's taken on all these Says new yes. tasks yeah. um, d you know gone above and beyond and and this is you know something that he wasn't asked to do like he stepped up right yeah. that's a way easier hire so if you're gonna want if you're bedside now and you want to get into leadership start doing those little tasks you're not gonna get paid for it but that's not really what it's about you're building your resume from that first extra task that you do this is a good plug for why I am uh, publishing this episode in December so Matt Monroe, who is coming on the pod, is going to actually say, how do you strategically pick those tasks? That is going to be his episode. That's when I just met. Like that, that's him. Um, so, yeah, that's a great plug for that show that's coming out in December. Uh, good, good points, right? Um, was this role in, in your existing facility then? Oh, yes. Yeah, we basically have a system where we have three facilities. Well, it's one. It's one system before people were buying and all that stuff is kind of going on now but it's uh, three different buildings facilities but it was one department we floated staff it was you know one group under the same director though. so who are you interviewing with uh for the first interview is actually just one-on-one -on -one with the director the, and so the director knows you well knows who you are you have your reputation going into that correct were you nervous like going into it a little bit because I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I, I can have all this data, but, you know, um, going up against uh, experience and a lot of things and connections, that's intimidating. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think it's so important with what um, Jonathan was saying and to give an encouragement, um, like maybe I mentioned, I was several years experience below other people that applied, but the things that I stepped up to do that no one really asked me to do necessarily, but I just saw a need for. Like I started a weekly huddle to improve our communication and I, sch I scheduled it kind of based on what our staffing was. And then I included our charge and other leaders to get more people involved. Now I wasn't like selfish with it. I just was like, you know what? Maybe someone else will use this on their resume, but it's better for the department. It kind of gets more going. Then I could focus some time on education, even though I prepared that. And so we did like an education spotlight every week after that huddle and we're able to cover a lot of things and keep things kind of top of mind and when you look at the Gallup stuff you all talked about in the Q12 the second question is related to whether or not you have everything you need and mm -hmm. so just kind of knowing stuff's there and knowing even uh, as far as a standards process and having charting and all this difficult stuff you could just easily cover it I mean that helped us out and when the DNV came we were a lot more ready because of that so those little things, and you know, I took on the equipment manager role that no one wanted to do. <laughs> it was not an official like extra title. That's yeah. like you know, you take on the janitor role. Nobody's like fighting over that. Yeah. But I saw value in that, and I saw ways that my strengths with different organization mm -hmm. and thinking could add value there, and I just kind of put it into play, and that gave me time then to do some education with professional nursing and with the residents and then some of the pulmonary fellows. Just all these little things started small, but you just have to take, and this was like a big thing I thought to kind of throw out, whatever opportunity you have is the opportunity you have. You can't be upset you don't have what Jonathan has or Anna what you have, like that's not who I am, my strengths, or I'm not in your spot. Mm -hmm. But wherever I was, I just tried to make the best of those opportunities, and that's what helped move me forward. So in someone who's 
about to interview because and again I like that this is December because uh, you're going into like a new year and people kind of evaluate where they are professionally and they consider you know do I go for the do I raise my hand or do I switch do I go to a new facility what questions do the director ask you what if you can remember and think back what what stumped you like how did you tell like you have a powerful story you, you come from this place of yes uh, I'm curious like what how did you weave that into the narrative and the questions that the director's asking you? I, I think, uh, for better or worse, kind of had an answer for everything, anyway, yeah. but it was not saying they're all great, but it, I think it was partly because of how I prepared. I did, again, I didn't think of it like, here's all these questions that are always asked. I need an answer for each of them. I kind of avoided that. And to be perfectly honest, one of the most valuable things I did was I picked key series in the sidebar, mm -hmm. and I listened to those episodes on repeat. So oh the Wes Ely, Kaylee Dayton episodes, and then going in with all of the ICU Liberation or 8F bundle, um, and then looking, um, Tara was mm -hmm. with the- uh, Patient Gal experience, yeah. Yeah, patient experience and employee engagement, and I would list some audio books as I was putting up boxes in the equipment room, and I'm just playing some audio books on Gallup and some of this other stuff and some good books they have. And I wanted to get my mind set right. right the way i took and kind of looked at it was you know you all have experience the people on the podcast have experience and i don't know how you would answer word for word but if i hear you speak enough on topics and mm -hmm. i get my mind from that perspective i can kind of digest that and try and emulate it some right. so i literally listened the day before i i mean i listened uh, going up too but the day before i went on a walk for like two hours playing specific episodes, did like cut the grass and played episodes. And that helped me have the right framework and kind of be inspired. Cause I'm thinking, I mean, maybe we don't do any of this where I am now, but I want us to, yeah. and these people did it. And you know, I'm West Virginian. I mean, I kind of have an underdog type thing where we're 50th and everything. And I don't <laughs> want geography to hold us back. That's something I've told our staff. I wish like Ashley's still standing here say like we don't have to be last we can be first we can be in the front of some of these things that no one else is doing we can be innovative and I just tried to get excited and to have the right mindset and I didn't care what they asked I just made up answers on the spot but you, know, you but you know that that's that's the way to do it because if you try to script that out you're gonna trip yourself up because you're gonna be like oh I, I said it wrong and then now your brain goes off somewhere else you just want to know the topic you want to know how to speak to it it doesn't matter word for word, like it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as you can speak to it. Yeah. So that I do the same thing with this framework. I just want to know high level and then be able to speak to it. But if I had to like memorize a script, I'm going to trip myself up. I'm going to sound like a stumbling idiot and I would probably would never have gotten any job, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, on, on, on the RT sidebar, we don't script it out, right? We just have a couple topics that we know we want to talk about and we just talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's probably the, the most natural way to go about it. Um, so yeah, if I was gonna go for an interview, I definitely would not try to script that out. Plus, your script might not match the questions that are asked. And so you might have spent you know, all that time freaking yourself out and you don't even get asked half the stuff you wrote down. So it's a good way to go about it. So that was the first interview. Actually, I have a question. So it, it seems like you, you spent time focusing on Gallup to know yourself know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Then you spend time trying to know the problem set of the environment, so know externally what is going on. So you over, you prepared 
so that way it could occur naturally and you listen to audio so you could prepare with the language and the vernacular so that it, it would be natural in the way to do it. So I think that's like a genius if you're thinking like a listener right now, consider that your checklist. Do I know myself? Like, do I know my strengths, my weaknesses? Do I know my fears? Do, do I know this context and the situation, the environment I'm walking into? Like, consider that your checkbox. And then like, lastly, uh, do I, am I prepared to actually speak to this as like the third check? Yeah. And, then, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready. You, you know, it, it's, it's less, trying to memorize or think about what you're going to say and it's more homework right so if i'm going to apply somewhere i'm going to go on that hospital website and i'm going to look at the history uh, i might even go on leapfrog see what their quality scores are i might go on cms hospital value-based purchasing and then be like oh you know what they have pressure injuries i'm going to talk about pressure injuries and how i can go in there and turn it around but Unless you're doing the homework, you don't even know that. And it's not about how I talked about pressure injuries. It's the fact that I did my homework, found out that there's a pressure injury problem. I have a solution from you know my experience, and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them how I'm, I'm going to fix this. Okay, I have a question. So, in the prep of of self, then was there a time that in this one in interview? I know we're diving deep in this first one only. Did the director ever say, what questions now do you have of me? And then what questions do you ask? Like, and, and how did you then flip that script? I'm trying to think, because that was something I did try to think ahead on a little bit. Because it was someone I knew pretty well. I mean, I couldn't have done any of the things I had without kind of his uh, stamp of approval. Because he was in that assistant type role and he was already filling a lot of those kind of voids. Or, you know, he, his hands were in those. So he knew me. Um, but I, I don't know that I can remember a specific question, but I just tried to get an idea. Uh, I didn't approach it, I guess, for either interview. Like, I was just kind of begging for this job, trying to put myself up, like, the best I could because, like, uh, I knew I wanted it, per se, yeah. so much as you're trying to fill each other out. Right. Like, I want to know date. where he's at. Like, where, what are his goals? Because yeah. I know what mine are. Yeah. I'm excited about these three things, like the ICU liberation, yeah. you know, and the value efficiency, and then employee engagement. I know that, you know, based on, like, a SWOT analysis yeah. type thing, these yeah. are our weaknesses. We have to do things about them. Those are our big things. Studied it. But where's he at? Right. You know, where's the the rock in the shoe? Yeah. Is that the thing Matt always says? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So you, wow. that was one of the tips. Like, see what that is. Know that ahead of time. Find even. their pain point. Yeah, yeah, find the pain point and be able to speak to it and help. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, like, a good point. But I did want to know, like, what is his actual long-term vision? Where does he want our department to be in one year, in five years, if he's going to say he's a success or if he's going to say I was a successful choice for the role? Mm -hmm. I think those are simple questions that aren't specific as far as like what do you think about this therapy but it's the same thing it's very conceptual and it gives you a really good feel for what other answers might be another good question to ask is um well actually maybe two questions so is there going to be succession planning and will i be involved in that and then also uh are you open and do you have the time to be a mentor for me right because um you know, at different levels of where I was at in the hospital, my last role, I couldn't mentor anybody. So anyone that I hired into the respiratory director position had to have experience and, and could do it on their own. Uh, whereas opposed to when I was an art respiratory director and I was hiring an art, a respiratory manager, then I had the time and I said, you know, uh, we're gonna do succession planning. I myself wanna move up at some point 
and I want my role to be filled by you, and I'm going to help you learn how to be an RT director. So from day one, whenever I'm doing work, you're going to be there with me so then you understand it because you've done it yourself. So when you ultimately do take this position, then you know exactly what you're doing. Nothing's going to be a shock to you, or at least you know the framework on how to problem solve and stuff like that. But those are things that if you're not going to get those as a new leader, you may not even actually want that position. You know, you might want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, those were those would be good questions to ask. So how many interviews did you have? Two or three? Uh, so technically I had just the one interview one on one for the first uh-huh. and I didn't get that position. But then the person that did, well, their position opened up, which is the manager of one of our facilities. Um, and so for that, it was kind of split into two rooms. And one, the first uh, set was about supposed to be about 30 minutes, is with three of the nurse managers and with the RT director. And then the second was all of the respiratory leadership uh, for about an hour, a little over. Wow. What was that like? Um, I mean, I, I learned a lot from the first interview, to be honest. One of the worst things I did was I let things go maybe off course a little bit. I didn't get to highlight some of my strengths or or point to things that would have been meaningful because we got off on rabbit trails. And what you said earlier, uh, car and star, I think that's actually really a good framework Mm -hmm. because if I would have thought more like that to be able to be concise, to give an effective or valuable answer, but in a concise fashion, that fits the interview format really well. So if I, I learned those things, then moving forward, I just I listened to stuff again, you know, I kind of got excited, you know, more excited again, try to have the right framework. And then actually they kind of ran out of questions because they said I kept answering their <laughs> questions ahead of time. So I felt like I improved on that, but that helped to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, on all the jobs I've never gotten, I've always also followed up and been like, why didn't I get it? Um, or what, what are your reservations for me? Because who knows the, who they offered it to? They might not take it or whatever this situation might be or something else that pops up. Um, and I and I try and learn from that interview. Like it's, it's actually, I think, beneficial, the ones you fail to like learn from. Um, did you follow up at all with the RT director and been like, what are your reservations? Did you do a thank you note, handwritten or email? Did, or do you do, do you have any best practices for a follow up? Uh, yeah, I mean, a handwritten note would be good. Um, it may not get to them, though. That would be the one thing I'd worry about. And email is really good um, because you know their email address. They probably gave you a business card and then you, a, a nice thank you. Um, because, in it, it, you know, you, you interview so many people that they all blend together. And so you're looking for standouts. And an email thank you is a standout, you know, because not a lot of people do it. For me, it's a red flag. I won't hire unless you you thanks me for my time, like straight up. Well, yeah. I'm not as harsh as that. I have a red flag. <laughs> but the other red flag for me is if I say, what, what questions do you have for me? And if you say you don't have any, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I know, but you're you're a different person. You, you have to understand <laughs> that people are terrified in that room, right? You know, there's some people that you might be the sole breadwinner for your family and, and all the stress and pressures on you to get this job so you can feed your family and you don't want to say anything wrong. So you choose not to say anything at all. That doesn't mean they're going to be a bad employee. Oh, that was going to be my next question. When do you follow up? When do you send the thank you note? And if you haven't heard back about the position, there's this dance of like, I don't want to bother them too much, but I want to show my eagerness. Like, there's, you know, that dance that yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to. You cadence? don't want to. 
be thirsty. Uh, but I would say end of day, next day would be a good uh, email response. And then at least once um, per week until you hear an answer, right? And then when you email, always email on a Monday. Because uh, Fridays, they're going, it's going to be, you know, maybe a half day or they're just wrapping up some stuff. You will get forgotten about over the weekend. So Monday, you have, you, you, they're there for the next four days, including that Monday. Uh, and then Mondays is a, a, a very popular day to get in and, and read your emails. JB, as someone who's hired so many RTs, what are your red flags? And what are your green flags? Ah, so uh, Matt and I talked about this. I have an, uh, a, an interview question that I always ask my staff. Or, or I'm not my staff, my interviewees. Um, and so what I would ask is, uh, okay, you know, I'm going to hire you. You're going to come aboard. Um, and I just want to ask this one question. So say you're walking through ICU. And the head of the ICU program, the intensivist, comes up and says, order, uh, um, I need albuterol, 25 milligrams uh, for bed one, right? Anna, it's 2.5. But, but the, the head intensivist says, give 25 milligrams in an ab right now, right? And then I said, what, what would you tell them, right? And then they'll be like, oh, I think you meant like 2.5, right? And then, the, and then I would push back and say, no, the, I'm the intensivist. You're going to give 25 milligrams, right? The responses that you get from people is wild, but it gives you a good insight as to what they're going to be like when you hire them. I've had people say, oh, well, I'm going to give it. Well, <laughs> you don't want that person, right? Because they're going to harm someone just because someone told them to do something. Then you have someone that like, you know, I'll go talk to the supervisor, which is the appropriate response. And then I've had some that were like, no, I'll go toe to toe and start screaming at this physician in the middle of ICU. That's also a red flag that you don't want. But that's my, my question that I always ask because it gets you the, the framework on how they're going to handle the stresses of the, the job and do they know how to appropriately do it, right? That's a great question. Yeah. yeah, you really get to see how they handle conflict. And, and I've seen the entire power. spectrum. And so a lot of whether I, whether I hire or not will be based upon the responses of that question just because it really tells you who you're going to be uh, when you hire. Yeah, that, I love that. Uh, do you do a phone screen? So uh, HR usually does the phone screens and they, they're, what they're looking for is do you have the license, uh, do you have the CPR cards, um, you know, do you have the credential like RRT as opposed to CRT. So uh, HR will usually do that and I have actually worked for um, a faith-based organization that I thought did it best and I've never seen anywhere else. And, and then I didn't even know they were doing it which is the wild part. So. I was in my office, I'm waiting for uh, someone to come in so I can interview them. And HR calls me and says, um, yeah, just letting you know your interview's canceled. And I said, oh, they, they didn't show or like they called you and canceled. And they said, no, we sent them home. And I said, you sent them home, explain, right? And they were like, oh, they showed up in jeans. And so they were like, nope, you're not dressed appropriately. We are canceling your interview 
Sorry. I mean, and I'm talking where if you had jeans on, if you had a short sleeve shirt on, you didn't have a tie on. Nope. They would do a once over in HR and then personally walk you over. But if you were not dressed appropriately, you did not get an interview. And it really like that. That's a heck of a screen because you have to show up appropriately. I, I I'm hesitant on, on that, too, though, because there's this mirror fallacy that can exist right of, of when you see people in person and how they dress and how they look uh we have these biases that i don't know i mean right the screen is to make sure that i remove that so i can't see you so i don't judge you based off of how you look and how you dress so if you're showing up for an interview um it's business and so you have to be dressed for business right so there's a dress code when you're bedside. You can't show up and not be wearing scrubs. You can't be wearing jeans and a t-shirt when you're treating patients. So there is a standard that needs to be met. And it's not judgment. Well, I guess it is judgment in the sense that, you know, who are you as a professional? You know, did you go um, the extra effort and make sure you were dressed for a business meeting, right? Because otherwise, if, if you're in jeans, yeah. What effort did you put into this? No, I mean, again, we know my, my bar's high, but it's just something uh, to note, right? Like, yeah. Like, we, we hire folks who look and act and speak like ourselves because we, we hire people who are like ourselves. It's just something to, to be aware of. But no, I get what you're saying. I yeah, would yeah. also do the same to no, be honest. No, 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 yeah. And it, it is, it's, it's only that. It's only the level of professionalism, you know? And then um, I've had people that, you know, I've interviewed them because I've known them from other hospitals or whatnot. And I've told them, you know, what to expect, and they'll actually go to the store and buy a whole new wardrobe for the interview because, and then I would say, you know, I'd apologize, and I said, but, you know, it shows your level of professionalism, and they were like, no. Um, They're like, I would have showed up dressed professionally, but um, now, you know, I'm going to go and make sure that I'm decked out, and, you know, there's, there's... I don't know. I mean, even interviewing someone in scrubs. I mean, would you know, as a new manager, have you hired anyone yet? Ooh, what did you no? wear? What did you wear to your interview? Oh, I wore a suit. Okay. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. As you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't interviewed anyone yet. And I just, I mean, this has been like almost three, not even three months. I have to do the math. <laughs> not a lot of math to do, but I have to think. But yeah, I haven't been a part of that yet. But I definitely wore a suit. And Okay, yeah. so what are you going to expect uh, when you get your first person to come in and interview with you? Hmm. As far as how they present themselves? Present, the whole interview. Have you ever thought about what you're going to, how you're going to handle this? Well, because we need people. You know, I don't know. Maybe we're the only ones. I know we're you're not. not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to build a good team. Like I want to do something other than be neb jockeys, you yeah, know. I, and yeah. we have physicians and interdisciplinary leadership, even professional nursing, that are for us going and increasing our scope. But we can't do that without good people. Yeah. So I have thought, like, well, these uh, students at clinicals, you know, we actually went and kind of talked to the students that are about to start clinicals in October at a local school and gave them some advice. And you know, I was kind of thinking, like, telling RTs, like, let me know who does really good, who's really involved, really wanting to learn. And a lot of it, I'd say we're probably looking for things that, uh, like attitude, you yep. know, teachability. And the question you asked is really, really good mm. because it's, it, someone can say teachable. You know, that yeah. can be like on their resume. Or, yeah. or you like, are you a teachable person? Yeah, who's gonna say no to that? Yeah. But when you have a question that actually answers that for you, that's probably really smart. I'd yeah. like to 
come up with something like that yeah. probably maybe i'll steal yours and you can steal mine others. <laughs> you can steal mine but you can even change uh what it is you know that you, you want a title volume of like two liters right how are you going to handle that right because this, this is like now you know you're endangering a patient someone's pushing on you to endanger a patient how how you handle that tells a lot about you but um yeah, I mean, now would probably be a good time to start thinking about that, especially when, you, when you're when you building your team. I mean, that is the, it's a luxury that not a lot of people have. I call them, you know, that these are my employees or my my team as opposed to inherited. I, inherited, I, you know, I, you, I, I'll try my best. But, but when it's my team, I feel rock solid. And when your whole department is your team, it's a good place to be in. So take us back the interview you finished this panel this one hour long interview which is crazy long spoiler you get the job yes congrats <laughs> thank you that's <laughs> awesome how did that feel like you how who told you how did how what happened uh i i think he had to call me it was it was odd set of circumstances for the way some of the things had to go um i mean i couldn't tell anybody for for like a week because everybody had to be talked to yeah. and it was almost worse I think like it was you don't know and you're like you're thinking well you know maybe it'll be this person maybe yeah. I could have said this better or whatever uh, but then once you know and then my wife and I we were just talking like so anxious just to be able to say like it's exciting and then you want to get moving yeah like yeah. I, like you're as soon as I know it. like all right well I need to get over there I need to fix the office up I need to get to work you know that's oh. how I kind of felt and I'm sorry for the listeners so the second interview was at a different facility yeah it was across the river so yeah. now like you're yeah you're, you're at your hospital and you can't tell anyone at your hospital that you're doing this yeah, so that and I, everybody's asking, oh. and they're all saying, "Well, if you're yeah. over there, I want to come over there." Yeah, which is pretty awesome. It like, is that's a good an feeling. exciting mm-hmm. feeling, wow. and I have to. And I'm not a. I, I probably wear my emotions on my sleeve, so I hope I did a good job being like, "No, we haven't heard anything yet," because I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to be disrespectful to other people, you know? Yeah. Like that all matters, and hopefully, all those people are staying, and they're going to be a part of what you're trying to build and do too. Well, Caleb, as uh, we're so happy you got the job and that you're in this new position. Uh, listeners, I think we're going to have to have him back on. He's 90 days in the seat. How exciting that is. And what did he do? What was his first steps as a new leader? How did he build the team? How did the, he assess uh, that environment? And where are they now? So I, I think we got to have you back on. That sounds good. I, I love sitting down talking to you all, so I'm, I'm down for it. All right. Yeah, just... <laughs> I want to hear uh, in this next episode, though, how you hit the ground running. And I know you did. I know you did. And, you know, that that's, uh, that is helpful information for a new leader that hasn't started yet because it, it kind of gives you, again, that framework, right? What am I looking for? Where am I looking? Who am I talking to? Who should point people be? There's a lot to it, and it's very stressful if you don't know what you're doing, and I want you to be the resource for our listeners. Yeah, that would be awesome because I – that was definitely, it feels like there's a treadmill that somebody put up to like 15 <laughs> and I just like hopped on. Yeah. Like it didn't get increased gradually <laughs> no. and I tried not to, but I cannot help myself. <laughs> that is a good way to explain it. Yeah. 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 You hit the ground running as fast. It's more of a sprint. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, listeners, learn from Caleb by joining our LinkedIn group. It's uh, in the show notes, but yeah, we have an exclusive LinkedIn group, which means I just have to approve you when you join. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find mentorship. So you can have someone who can help and prepare you for an interview. We got a ton of people who are here to help. 
Uh, so please take a look at the link in the show notes. Let's do some shout outs. Let's celebrate the profession and close this one up. So uh, this is going to be published in December. So I'm going to give a shout out to my best friend, Julia Keenan. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Julia. And also Taylor Swift. It's her birthday. <laughs> In case you're wondering. That's why she loves 13. It's December 13th. It's her birthday. Okay, happy birthday. So what shots do you have? I'm guessing what mentors. Who do you want to celebrate? Well, yeah. Now, first off, though, I have to give one kind of non-professional to my wife and my daughter because this has not, it's not easy to be a good leader. It honestly takes a lot of time. It would be easy to have the title and sit in an office and make a schedule and do payroll. Um, but it's been a little challenging. You know, there's some nights I miss dinner and I got a little 14-month-old, mm. and that's kind of tough. Uh, you know, kind of pulls a little bit, um, but just trying to believe in what you're doing and push. Uh, I really appreciate them and their perseverance um, through that. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's tough. But, um, yeah, there's there are several people I, I'd love to – I wish I could throw everybody out. I definitely appreciate my director, Tracy Matthews, for giving me the opportunity. I mean, I want to make uh, – do well and kind of make the most of the chance he gave me by offering the position, uh, kind of make him proud. Definitely shout out to my team at CAMC in Charleston, West Virginia, the general division. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff going on, and I want to give a shout-out also to Adam Purdy, who is the manager at our women's and children's division. I kind of mentioned to Jonathan and Matt beforehand, um, uh, he's a listener of the show. He's like, oh, you're going to be on there? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you a shout-out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he, he's he, when Anytime you all shout me out, he's, like, texting me and, like, you know, talking. He's another uh, young leader. He's been in it a little longer than me and okay. manager. He's done some awesome stuff, truly. Send him our way. We'll have him yeah. on. Yeah, he. Uh, they had an awesome, that QI project. Um, they had a huge change. So he's doing really great things. I love having somebody else local. Yes. Yeah kind of similar in thought so I'll, I'll throw those out for sure <laughs> huge thanks to Caleb for coming on the show up next we'll have Matt Monroe to discuss how he has continued this theme of elevating RT and how he thought strategically about the positions he took in his career it's all the time we have for today we'll see you next time Vapotherm does not practice medicine or provide medical services or advice. Any clinical recommendations provided herein are solely those of the speaker. Practitioners should refer to the full indications for use and operating instructions of any products referenced before use. Published Cone Hayes are employees of Vapotherm. Butler is a paid consultant and our guest is not compensated.